0: So the big question is this, how do value obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world class levels of effectiveness, even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital? That is the question. And this podcast is going to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is the Terminal Value Podcast. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Dan Mangena with us today. And what we're going to be talking about is pivoting to abundance. And so this is going to be more of a psychology mindset type of focused episode, which is actually really important. And I think the idea of an abundance mindset, I used to think it sounded a little woo-woo, but Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older and as I've studied more, I found that it's actually really, really important to be consistently orienting your mind. Toward you know, away from scarcity and toward the idea of abundance. But anyway, Dan, don't let me take over the episode. Introduce yourself <laughs> and let everybody know what you're all about.
1: Uh, hi, Doug. Thank you for having me. First of all, I'm Daniel Mangueta. I'm from East London in the UK. I get to call Carbo in Mexico home. And what I'm all about is con- connecting people back to their natural state of abundance uh-huh. in every area of their life. Not just their money, yeah. not just their health, not just their relationships but across the board.
0: Outstanding. Okay. Well, so let's just ask the obvious question. I go, okay. So it's like, you know, let's say I'll I'll use myself as an example going in the time machine. Okay. So, you know, a part of my career journey is in April of 2020, I was terminated from my corporate job. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, we had a new chief information officer who came in and basically what he did was he cleaned out all of the, the old guys, people who were too close to the CFO. Essentially, he mm-hmm. wanted to be the only person who was handling executive communications. I go, okay, so I'm dropped on the street. This is not a time when I'm feeling an amazing amount of abundance. <laughs> so let's assume that whoever is listening is starting there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not, but let's just assume they are. Yeah. What does their path to abundance look like? Well, first
1: and foremost, celebrating you for not letting that take you down to a deep, dark hole, because a lot of people yeah. faced deep, dark uncertainty. Not every business yeah. was able to pivot into moving virtually. A ridiculous percentage of of small owned family owned yeah. businesses went down the pan. A lot of SMEs didn't make it through. I'm not going to say the pandemic. I'm going to say governmental response to yeah. the pandemic. Right. And so I would say the second that your abundance becomes tied to a specific thing, it's not really abundance. It's a contingent condition. So if your condition of abundance in your mind is tied to the idea of me having a job and having some kind of stability, then it was already Mm -hmm. built on the sand. So first and foremost is to take this opportunity to break free from the illusion that a job was going to keep you stable anyway. This actually happened to a friend of mine. He does singing live music yeah, and he got dropped just yesterday. He sent me a text like, Dan, I got dropped. Like, what am I going to do? It's like, well, Dude, now's the opportunity for you to dive in yeah. and actually start to expand beyond the box that i had given to you. So first thing, if you're dropped out, and dropped on your butt, recognize that all that's happened is that the, the illusion of stability is gone. And now you yeah. can start to deal with reality in a real way.
0: Well, and you know, because the journey that I've gone through, a part of it was where, okay, so, you know, I, I started out by trying to go back to another corporate job. I put an application after application. I mean, hundreds, hundreds, nothing. Because of course this was in 2020 when there were like 40 million people unemployed. And so eventually, I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to do it my own way." That is what I affectionately refer to now as the trial of a thousand failures, (laughs) Um, which essentially, which you know, in my view, a part of it is to say, "Okay, if I decide that I'm going to do it my own way, you have to just decide that I'm going to go through." A whole bunch of trial and error, knowing in advance that I'm going to fail at a lot of things, but you know, you don't have to hit the ball on the first time you swing the bat. And mm-hmm. truthfully speaking, you only re- really need to get good contact a couple of times, and you'll be just fine. And so, at least in my view, I think that's a part of it. You know, especially since I was going through the corporate career, right? You know, you're, you're making good money, so you know, you buy a house, you buy a more expensive house, you get more stuff. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. you have a really expensive life, and <laughs> so then your life becomes inextricably tied to your work because if the moment your employment stops there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can't pay for anymore so this is one of
1: the things i actually speak about in my work it's called the triangle to abundance so the four levels are scarcity stability freedom and abundance and i'll just quickly yeah. run through them not taking up too much time but scarcity is when i don't have the physical mental and emotional means to live life on my own terms yeah stability is i have the physical mental and emotional ability to live life on my own terms but it requires me to exchange time and and energy for it. So whether that's a job, a business that I'm working in or whatever. Then we've got freedom where I can live life on my own terms, mentally, physically, and emotionally without needing to exchange time and money. That could be investments. It could be a portfolio of real estate, could be passive income or enough capital. And then abundance is when you've got your needs met and overflow. A lot of people tie their place pyramid to unemployment or Uh like i have this particular thing coming in but really that's not guaranteed as a lot of people understood so what this actually becomes is a wake-up call to start looking beyond like the handout whether it i mean a lot of people were getting really happy about their unemployment checks in the u.s unemployment (laughs) checks stopped during the time that those unemployment checks were coming in How many of them were thinking about the future and what they're going to do when the checks stop or how they're going to support themselves? they weren't. And these are one of the dangers. And I'm I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a a diehard, you know, kill the minions uh, capitalist. But I do believe that when we move so far into welfare state that people become disempowered from making empowered decisions, we're in a bit of a danger zone. And so this whole situation of the rug being pulled out, actually, again, it's a wake-up call. Depending Mm -hmm. on other people, places and things to take care of your needs is not going to, no bueno. If you're making decisions, commitments for the future, such as that brand new foreign sedan, upgrading the house to 10 more rooms than you need because of the job, that's danger zone. If I'm creating the resources and the income outside of the dependability Mm -hmm. on something else to go and do that, go live it, live your best life. But understand that if something is not guaranteed, it's not guaranteed and anything can happen.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. especially because you know, at the time of this recording, the financial markets are down about 20% off their peak. And yeah. depending on when this is published, the, you know, the, there may be a recovery. I think it's more likely that they'll be even further off their peaks. Yeah. And one of the things the at least were that we peaks artificially inflated. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Because yeah, the, the peaks were artificially inflated by artificially low interest rates. Yeah. And of course, what's happening is inflation is requiring higher interest rates, which means that debt needs to be refinanced at higher rates, which mm-hmm. means there's going to be a number of companies that are going to get pushed into debt spirals, because Mm -hmm. they've been so dependent on increasing leverage in order to continue funding their operations. What I think a lot of this ultimately turns into is that the old corporate career that, uh, you know, that myself and many other people were conditioned to consider to think of as the point of life is Mm -hmm. going to be much less accessible and much less stable than it once was just because Mm -hmm. there is not as much money that's flowing into that system. And so I think a lot more people, if they want to realize their potential are going to have to figure out how to chart that course on their own. And that's actually one of the points of this podcast is to ascend your business to Mm world-class. The idea being that if you're starting it from from zero, how do you do that? And Mm -hmm. I think that more and more people are going to have to be going down that path.
1: 100% I mean so my signature program micro to millions takes people I'm going to qualify this it gives you the roadmap from zero to 1.6 million and beyond yeah but seven out of ten people who come into the program thinking that they want to be a millionaire realize that they don't want to be a millionaire and they're very happy when they've paid off their debt they've got six figures they've built up the retirement fund whatever but we do give that roadmap what we've seen time and time again it doesn't need to take time in order to create that solid base independently but it does require an actual commitment and a desire to build that base a lot of people are happy sucking on the welfare tit again i'm not a a, i'm from the uk a ridiculous welfare state where you don't even need to work to survive you can literally run around and actually funny quick pivot story i think it was about six or seven years ago the then presiding government got into trouble for trying to cap hear this out Ah. trying to cap benefits so that the average working family is the amount of benefits that they're allowed to receive and they got vilified and all of the what do you mean you're going to be that you're going to say people that don't work and just sucking on the welfare tip are going to get this only as much as an average working family but again if we're dependent on others we're going to be limited if we do step up and decide hey i'm going to go and do this and it doesn't have to kill you. It doesn't have to, you know, take all your time. You don't have to burn out. it. You can do it with flow. We see people do that all the time, but it is going to require you actually taking some responsibility. Because like you said, the stock market, it's a mess, a real mess. Yeah. It's been kept artificially inflated. A lot of companies that don't have the capacity to survive were being propped up and now mm-hmm. their death is going to take other people down yes with them
0: I have a I recorded it a while ago but I was I did a solo a solo recording a number of a couple of months back about zombie companies Cause oh, this yeah. is, <laughs> they, they, well because <laughs> And you know, for anybody who's not familiar with the term, the uh, the term "zombie company" refers to a company that basically that does not have the ability to pay down its debt with operational cash flows. So essentially, what they do is they rely on you know, basically they they're carrying debt, but they're not able to pay it down. So they're only able to pay their interest. They're what they would what you would call an undead company. They're not able mm-hmm. to invest in growth. They're yeah. not able to you know they're basically just barely holding on and the reason why that's problematic is because when you have a rising interest rate environment like we have right now those companies you know what'll happen is they'll have to refinance their debt at higher rates and if they weren't able to figure out how to generate more profits before, <laughs> it's unlikely they're going to be able to figure out how to do it now when exactly. you have inflation and higher interest rates. So then a lot of them will end up in a debt spiral, and a number of them will default. Mm-hmm. And then those defaults will start. It will increase risk spreads on on debt. So now it'll become even more expensive for corporations yep. to refinance their debt, especially if they're risky, which many will be in- increasingly risky. And you can end up having an accelerating downward spiral. Um, on asset sales, things like that, and so that again, I know just enough macro to be dangerous. You know, <laughs> uh, I have some friends who say I don't give myself enough credit. I keep trying to think that I'm like, okay, if I can figure this out, it, there ha- there have to be other people who can figure this out too.
1: <laughs> I would say anyone who wants to understand more about what you know what Doug's talking about, check out Ray Dalio's book on changing world order.
0: Yes, that yeah. Ray Dalio is. One of my he's the absolute man. favorite influencers. He's the
1: and one of the things I love about his book, The Changing World Order, is that he's actually broken down the book so that if you just want the high level so that you can understand it, he's got like, just read these sections yeah. in bold. If you want to go deeper into the weeds, you can read the rest of it. And there's some metallics that are key. But just spending some time going through that book, le- looking at the bold, will give you a real understanding for what's yeah. happening now, which is that effectively, you know, we've got an undead economy yeah. <laughs> that's been artificially inflated by printing money twice yeah. in big ways in 2008 and now. Instead of letting things die off and then rebuild naturally in a healthy yeah. way, we're kind of like just sort of limped over, let a few people die off or whatever. we have yeah. limped over. And now, you know, th- before the printing that happened yeah. for this pandemic response. There was 10 times the amount of te- toxic debt running around yeah. the world than there was in 2008, 10 times That's, before printing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Before the printing. Yeah, exactly. And so what that means is that a lot of that debt has been buoyed up, but it's going to, you know, it'll come back up to the surface.
1: Someone's and, got to carry it. Yeah, exactly. are crying for their stimulus checks and for their unemployment, but that money's not free.
0: Someone has to pay right. for it. Exactly. The, Precisely. The it comes true. Yeah. Precisely. And so I, I want to bring this back around to the abundance topic, because I think yeah. at first blush, it probably feels... feels... Feels like okay. We're talking about global debt. How does that relate to abundance? And uh, the way that at least that I connect the two is that, in my view, abundance is really about your own perception of what you actually need. Which, Mm -hmm. if you're really honest with yourself, isn't that much. And so, when you adjust your own perception to dial down your real needs, then that gives you the freedom to view more of what happens as a gift as opposed to an obligation or an entitlement. That's Mm -hmm. the way I think of it. Help me fill in any gaps in the road here.
1: I would say, I mean, a a lot of people view the idea of being financially free or being abundant as this really, really far thing. Oh, I'm never going to be able to do it, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you a really, really quick story. We had a woman in our program and I asked this question. I said, I want everyone to, you know, come up with your financial freedom figure. What's your number? The amount of money that you need every yeah. month to live life on your own terms so that we, we've got a target to hit for. And she was convinced. She said, Dan, I need a hundred thousand a month. I said, what? You need $1.2 million a year. She said, yeah, I do. I said, this is what we do. I want you to go and write down your best life, everything. Yeah. Sexy as you can, write it down and then go and research and see how much it costs. I'll give you a couple of guesses, Doug. How much do you think her financial freedom number actually was on a month basis.
0: I'm guessing about 15 grand. Not even that, 3,500. <laughs> where, where did she come up
1: with 100,000 bucks a month then? Because she had this idea. We've got these ideas, and uh-huh. these perceptions. Oh, I need this, I need that. It's going to cost this much. No, 3,500 a month. When she sat down and interrogated it, what yeah. do I really want? Roof over my head, I want a, someone to drive me around. Uber, VIP, you Uber, right? I want a chef. Meal prep service will drop fresh meals to your, house every single day, 3,500 a month. So you had someone that was running away from the idea of being able to be abundant, being able to be financially free, much to your point, because they had this projection. The second that they actually sat down and worked out, and I want everybody listening to do that, write down the sexiest life ever, how many holidays you want, all of the things, and then average it out over a month to month basis. And you'll find it's very unlikely that it's even up to the amount of income you're generating right now. But because we've got all of these things that we're running off to go and chase to keep up with the Joneses and all these things, look, I've got nice watches. I just got another one yesterday, right? I fly first in business class. You know, I live in Carbo. I understand the sexy, but having a conscious relationship to what you find to be sexy for you versus what I'm doing just to keep up with other people, two very different ideas.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I think that's really important because, you know, as you start adding things onto your life, that starts adding cost, And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you end up having to run faster and faster just to, you know, basically just to keep up with the life that you've created. It's very easy to do and yep. it's, it can be hard to walk back unless you're really willing to make those proactive decisions, which I really think that, you know, programs, you know, you know, programs like, you know, yours or other people's to be able to get toward a an abundance mentality is really important because unless you consciously force yourself to walk back, it's easy to just kind of keep going on the treadmill.
1: And again, you know, so many people are doing this running forward based on ideas of what other people I suppose, think that they should be doing searching for meaning searching for validation from outside yeah. parties there's a big thing here about just having a healthy relationship with yourself as well yeah. which is a very very important foundation in order to be able to make these choices about what you want to do
0: what you want to have yeah absolutely absolutely okay well let's see so let's kind of let's do a little bit of a pivot let's say that somebody's listening to this right now and they're saying yeah. okay i get it what's the first thing that they need to do
1: get clear on what you want do that exercise yeah draw up. I mean, we do a workshop specifically called the idle life blueprint, but one of the exercises we have people do is right. Come up with three to five areas that are important for you and uh-huh. then map out what items and cost centers exist for you to be able to have that life and go and map out what those costs are. Now you've got a yeah. number to, to work towards. Yeah. Once you've got a number to work towards, ask yourself, like in terms of my mental and emotional well-being, how much time do I like, how much gas have I got in the tank? To be able to do things the way that I'm doing them now. Some people are already running on empty. Some people, you know what? I I don't hate what I do. I can give myself five years I can give myself three years I can give myself two years but then you can start to write an actual plan and start executing yeah. it but you need to know the number and you need to know a time frame at the outside that you have the capacity to hold out
0: for yeah okay I, that, that's excellent all right well let's see so so yeah the I think we're, we're we're getting a little close to time we've had a you know just been having a great conversation <laughs> so far Thank you, but man. okay so what we've done is right we we we've said the number we, we've put together a time frame what's that next step and then and then we'll, we'll get to your website right after that because I want to make sure yeah. people know how to get a hold of you so that they can continue the process.
1: I'd say definitely get to know yourself in relationship to where you are, where you uh-huh. want to go, and the time frame you've set for yourself. Yeah. So you know if you don't know your risk appetite, then how are you going to be able to make choices that are going to be able to make those gains? Because everything's risk; you need to yeah. take on some risk. But if you understand your risk appetite, then you know well I can go to this edge with my risk. When you understand what your aptitudes are, like a lot of people, I think ninety percent of traders lose ninety percent of their accounts in ninety days. And yeah, yeah the rule of 90. Hundreds of thousands of people, right? Hundreds yeah. of thousands of people think, well, I saw this really cool webinar about forex. I'm going to go and be a forex trader. Maybe that's not you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do real estate. Maybe that's not you. I mean, we teach a concept called money DNA, which helps people define this. But it's yeah. really about understanding, well, what are my skills? What am I, what do I enjoy doing? And how can I start to overlay that against where I am, yeah. my goal, and that time frame that I've set for myself optimally to get to that outcome. Yeah.
0: All right. Excellent. That is outstanding advice. All right. Well, Dan, tell people, give out your website, tell people where they can get a hold of you at.
1: Best place is dreamwithdan.com. We've got a ton of free resources. We do a load of free events as well. Pretty much every week, we've got something going on to help people to connect with abundance, but everything's on the website, dreamwithdan.com.
0: All right. That's dreamwithdan.com. Hey, Dan, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz, where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.